Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Good, good. (laughs) You guys um, are jumping in the middle of an amazing season of life. It is 2020. It is the middle of, um, I mean, I cannot believe that we're a couple weeks away from March, not trying to rush things along. But have you noticed that life is flowing? It is. And I want you in 2020 to live an inspired life. And I, I have been touched and changed myself by my time in God's Word with this inspired series And uh, just want to thank you for being here. For those of you who are new today, my name is Drew. I get to be the the pastor here, Uh, not the only, but the lead pastor. And it is a great privilege to do life together with a a, a group of believers such as yourself. So thank you for the faith that you bring to the table. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would have free reign among us today to inspire and to send us out in the world to be the light. Inspired. That's the kind of life that, that you want to live. It's the kind of life that God wants you to live. Inspired is when something in God ignites something in you. You've all met inspired people, big ways and small ways. It is when somebody loves in a way that touches your life and your heart and, and you think that wasn't from them. It is when something ignites a thought that is not from this world that suggests the, the love of God is real and that there is, that there is hope of, of another kind that we can find on earth. The truth is we're all going to live from the devastation of our wounding in this world or the inspiration of our healing in Christ. And there is no end to the depth of the sadness of our wounding. Our pain is generative. It keeps producing more pain. And we keep wounding the people around us. And we pass it on to the generations. And it is lifeless and death. And so God sent his son into the world to be light in our darkness. In the beginning, there was no light whatsoever, and God created light, and there was light. And we rebelled against God and brought darkness into our lives again. And Jesus came to turn that around. He is the inspiration of God, and he is the Son of God. And if you're here today, and you are sad and broken, and you are empty and down, if you are defeated and hopeless, I want you to know there is hope. There is a light that has come into the world. There is a love that will not disqualify you from the light, but invites you in no matter what you and I have done. Jesus Christ on the cross died for us to bring us into the heart and love and life of God. And we can live inspired lives. And the the thing that I think we've missed so much in our Christian living is that, that those of us who come into the light, we become the light. The scripture says in Ephesians 5, 13, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And we kind of get that. If I shine a flashlight in the darkness, I can see something. But this next part is supernatural. It's inspired. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. So here's what I'm looking for, for you as your shepherd, that you and I would let something in God 
ignite something in us that reveals something of him in the world. That our lives at home would not be dark, angry places, but they would be filled with the joy and the love and the illumination of God himself, the breath of heaven on them. That at work, even if work is hard and people there are hopeless and critical and sad and wounded, that we can bring in a different spirit into that environment and that we can be the light of Jesus, the contagious light of Jesus. At school, everywhere we go, we do not have to live down and sad. Um, We can live out of the overflow of God's love and we can be a light because God has brought his light into the world. And it is beautiful, and it is amazing, and it is, it is ever different, and, 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 and when we come near him, we become what he is. He who is the light of the world makes us a light in the world. And then we come into contact with somebody else, and our love on and on and on and on spreads the inspiration of Father God on earth. Today, what I want you to know is that inspired takes faith. And if you're going to live an inspired life, you can't do that as a wimp. You can't do that without courage. You can't do that without choice. You can't do that without facing your fear and walking all the way through hard, inspired every moment with God. I can't give you a way around the valley of the shadows of death. That's, that's what the easy you know, um, you know, gospel of prosperity is about. It's going to try to, to paint a, a way to God that, that doesn't have a valley of the shadow, doesn't have a cross. You can't get to the resurrection without a cross. Can I remind you? If you ain't dead, you don't need to be made alive again. Resurrection's for dead people. And those of us who claim that we don't need Jesus, we're alive enough in ourselves, we're going to die and then die again. Those of us who recognize how dead we already are and are inspired by the light of Christ, we're going to be brought to life and then we're going to have a, a, a new birth in heaven forever. But inspired takes faith. And in Hebrews chapter 11, um, we have what's called the, the hall of fame for faith. I mean, any of y'all ever been to the baseball hall of fame, the football hall of fame? All right, Uh, amazing places, but Hebrews 11, guys, this is faith's hall of fame. And here, the author of Hebrews just tells us just about a summary of almost every great faith story in the Old Testament to emphasize that that inspired takes faith. And, And faith may be the missing piece in your life today. I mean, imagine you built a car from scratch. I mean, you got wheels, you got an engine, you got a drivetrain, you got the frame, you got everything all together, and it's just sitting there in your driveway looking good. What's it missing? Maybe the key to start it all. And you can have all kinds of knowledge today and all kinds of religious experience, but it is the application of active faith that starts the motor and gets things moving. And, and, and to be inspired, you're gonna have to trust and have an active faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, the scripture says, now faith is confidence. Why don't you say that with me? Faith is Confidence. confidence. I'm not talking fake it till you make it kind of confidence. I'm talking, I'm convinced. 
And I'm not talking, I'm convinced and feel no fear. I'm talking, I'm afraid and there's part of me that's wondering, but I'm convinced anyway. Um, I'm talking the kind of faith that says, I don't know, this is kind of scary, but I'm doing it anyway. It is the confidence to act and to believe and to have a picture of God over life that is bigger than life without God. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. Now, that what we hope for isn't talking about you and I and our little personal shopping list of, you know, my wants and wishes for life on planet Earth. It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about what we hope for in God. And it's assurance about what we do not see. Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 and alludes in a lot of other places, we walk by faith and not by sight. So you may be in a place today where you cannot see a way forward. I want to say, I understand, and it's hard. So what? God can. And, and we do not live by what we see. This is Proverbs 3. I mean, this is what it's talking about. Proverbs 4. When we, when we lean not on our own understanding, that's another kind of metaphor for, look, what you see and, and interpret isn't isn't the, the, action, uh, the action of your life. You, you live according to the understanding of God. So, um, it's confidence, what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. And, and this is what the ancients were commended for. And in the rest of, of Hebrews 11, on into chapter 12, faith is highlighted, underlined, italicized, put in bold, and, and illustrated as a requirement for a successful journey on planet Earth. Inspired takes active faith. Scripture says in verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. Now, why is this so important? Creation theology matters so much. And I'm not talking creation science. I'm not talking our attempt humanly to explain how God did the unexplainable. Um, go ahead, if, if that interests you, pursue it. But I'm talking about a mystery that is beyond you and I understanding. How can we create something from nothing? God. But creation theology is so critical. And I, I do want to say this too. I believe that at the end of all things, in the presence of God, that in ways that are, again, infinitely complex and deep and beyond our understanding, that you and I will be fully satisfied that everything God said in Genesis 1 is accurate. Deeper than we ever thought, bigger than we ever thought, um, more complex, and, and I would say the God who created the science kind of understands it, but it's all gonna be infinitely true, and here's why creation thought, theology matters so much, because if you, can, if you can accept the reality of God and of his ability to create this world and his desire to create this world as an expression of goodness, then how can you trip on anything else? If God made um, us and created us, then, then you know, I, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's, it's kind of like somebody, you know, uh, you, somebody gives you a million dollars and you accept it and then you stumble over accepting a quarter from them, huh? God made you. He created the atmosphere around our planet. He's done all of this. And you and I need to look up and look around and say, oh yeah, he did all of this. This thing that I need in my life, this cancer in my life, it's smaller than God creating 
the universe and the galaxies and the stars and, and time. I think he can handle this. Got it? Okay, all right. Hang in there with me. By faith, we understand that God is the framer and creator of all things. And if he can frame and create all things, he can certainly handle my life. And verse 6 is, is the key. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Say it with me. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. I, I, I wish somehow I could explain the unexplainable in all of this, but we're, we're deep in the edges of a mystery here. Because the truth is, you can know all kinds of things and, and believe them partially or not at all. And you can know the smallest amount of, of truth about Jesus and believe it, and, and you can be a world changer. Faith is active reliance. Uh, faith is, well, you know what faith is? Faith is hearing what God says, trusting what God says, and doing what God says. But I'm just telling you, faith is this confidence that there is a God. In fact, the verse goes on to say, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What that means among endless things is that when I even turn my thought inspired towards the possibility of God, there will come a point where I, where I show courage and active faith and I, I believe there really is a God and that this God is the ground of reality, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the one who started time is over time and is after time, who can handle all things and again, if he can handle the universe, I think he can handle Drew's little life. Doesn't feel so little to me, right? It's a big deal to me. But in, in co comparison and contrast to, to the majesty of what God has done from beginning to end, I think he can handle my life. So you've got to have confidence and believe that your life is in the context of a, a loving creator who, who exists in love and goodness, and who rewards those who earnestly seek him. Every prayer is answered. Um, every cry of your heart is, is heard. And, and that it is not pointless to serve the living God. You got that? It is not pointless for you serving the living God. Some of you who are discouraged here today, you, you are just wondering, is there any point to all this? I'm telling you there is. Scripture is telling you there is. Inspired takes an active faith. Somebody in your life at some point has revealed something to you that had the scent of, of heaven about it. Has shown you in word or action the heart of Jesus to you. They were inspired and you were inspired by them. And it took faith on their part to reveal God to you. And what again I want you to do today, I want me to do as a way of life, is to let something in, in God, some part of his vast uh, being, his endless, infinite goodness and love and mercy and creativity and beauty and truth and, and joy and peace, all that, that is good and all that is God, let some part of that, some glimpse, some glimmer of that shine through your darkness and spark something in you that ignites. It starts something in you. 
and, and that, that you would, would allow that, that spark in you to reveal something of him in, in a broken world. And that's God's redemptive plan for this planet. Romans 14, 23 says, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. I hate that verse. I do. Because, because now I can't make a bunch of rules and measure myself by them and then think I'm doing good. No, every aspect of my life has to be an expression of active trust in an infinite God. Every, it's all encompassing. Every part of my life. Everything. And Galatians 5, 6b says, you want to know what counts in, in your life? The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in, your, in love. So, you know, um, if you're a dad and, and you're in full dad mode, you know, and, and being right is what matters most to you, um, you know, and you're going to show your, your wife or your kids you're right, that's not what, what matters. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. It's faith from beginning to end. To live an inspired life, not uh, depressed. And you know what? You can suffer from depression and not be depressed. You, you recognize that? Any of y'all out there that, that, that fight that, that beast? Fight it. Show up for the match. Step into the ring. Put your gloves on. And, 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 and watch what God does as you do that. You, you can live a, a life in which there's a great deal of challenge and hardness and, and live an inspired and great life. In fact, the greatest lives are not lives of ease and wealth. They're lives of struggle and overcoming. They're lives of, of walking through the valley of the shadow of death and fearing no evil because you are with me and your rod and staff, they comfort me. I got confidence in you, God. I've got confidence in you. And, and my confidence is not shaken by this death-ridden world. My confidence is inspired by the revealed word of God. Not only the scriptures, but Jesus. In John 1.1, 1, 1, this word of God that, that is the, the ultimate speaking that God does to each of us. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. This is Jesus who is the son of God. And again, if you're in a place in life where you are overwhelmed and life like a tsunami has just washed over you and you feel like it's hopeless, I want you to take the hand of Jesus, who is the Son of God. He can lift you out of any hole. He can redeem any situation. He is endless and infinite and, and the creator to whom there is no problem that he cannot solve. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Again, creation theology is tied to Jesus as well. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That includes you. And whatever it is that you and I are turning to in our lives as our light, whether it is sexuality, that's what's going to you know, ignite some, something in you, answer the pain. Um, whether uh, there is an addiction active in your life and you keep turning to uh, a no light, you keep turning to some new darkness to try to answer the pain in your life. No, 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 no. Jesus is the light of all humanity. There is no other light. You can't turn to any other thing in the universe and find light. You will only find death disguised and deeper darkness. But Jesus, he's the light. And if you're here today and you're discouraged 
and you're defeated and your, quote, religion hasn't really been working for you, drop your religion and pick up your faith and make it personal in Jesus and make it active and make it bold and make it courageous and make it confidence because faith is confidence in God and his revelation, his inspiration. Inspiration is a three-part journey of hearing what God says, trusting what God says, and doing what God says. And here's kind of an insight that I had along the way, and, and, and I hope you guys understand that I never preach to give you guys something that you need to hear. I wish I could do that, because that'd leave me out of the loop. In fact, I'd prefer that. Here's the way I feel when I, when I preach, and I mean this in a loving kind of way. I don't mean this negative, it's a positive. In terms of impact with my preparation, I feel like I stood on 695 and a semi rolled over me. And I don't mean in the center, I mean where like all the wheels get you to along the way, you know. I never preach to, to give those guys something they need to hear. No, this is, and, and, and what God inspired me to understand with these, these three elements of, of faith is that, that somewhere among these three, you're going to get stuck, Right? Um, you, you probably are going to get two of the three. Probably. I'm just saying. And you may even be proud of the two of your three. But one of these is going to hang you up. Right? <laughs> one of these is going to be what Satan uses to stop you from living an inspired life. And you're going to camp out in that place of discouragement. And, and if you're not careful or courageous or confident, your inspiration is going to be compromised. And, and for me, um, I, honestly, it's crazy, but it is in the faith side of things. I can hear what God says. Not, I'm not talking, you know, every single thing, you know, the lottery numbers. I hear what God says. <laughs> mine's, mine's more basic. Drew, love your wife. Okay. <laughs> I got it, you know. And when I'm being a, a behind, you know, it's like, love your wife. All right, I hear you, you know. And... And, and then doing the will of God, and I'm not saying in everything, but I'm just saying like God says do it. It's like, okay, but here's my attitude often. I'm being honest. Sometimes my attitude in doing those sorts of things is, oh, all right. <sighs> I'll do it. Wow, that's really faithful, isn't it? It's really confident. So I want you to look as we go through these quickly where your, uh, your choke point is on these. Inspired takes faith. And, and it's about hearing and trusting and doing. So to hear, number one, you got to stop and listen to the infinite love of God. You got to stop. Last week we talked about the story of Elijah and, and Elijah on Mount Carmel. And he had this, he had this amazing experience, this, this mountaintop high on Mount Carmel with the prophets. And then he hears Jezebel's after him, after he's defeated 850 to one. Crazy, right? But this is us. And then he runs. And here's the truth. You can't hear God well on the run. Runners run to dangerous places. Runners run to places that not only uh, damage themselves, but runners run to places that damage other people. This is true in the story of Jonah. And because of Jonah's run, a whole ship goes down and a whole cruise in the ocean. And that's what happens to you and I. When you run, you're not only taking yourself, you're taking other people down with you, okay? And what was the whole story of the whale about? Stop. What was Elijah's 
um, collapse about on, on you know, a- after a 40-mile run, stop and listen. But you got to listen to infinite love. And, and there's a whole series I could do right here, and, and I can't, and I'm going to take 30 seconds. This, this also means that you got to stop some things that are destructive in your life that are going to keep you from hearing, because if you don't stop obvious sin in your life, and I'm not talking about moralism, I'm not talking about trying to be good enough for God, you can't. I'm talking about, again, here's me being a butt with Marsha, arguing, and God says, love your wife. Okay, right? <laughs> that level of sophistication. When you are bound in sin, especially sin you love, you're not going to be able to hear God until you stop. You're just not. The affair, all you're going to do is justify it. The, the shortcuts at work, whatever it is, all you're going to do when you're doing something you love that isn't loving God, you're not going to be able to hear his voice. And you're not going to be able to hear love. When you're pursuing false love, you can't hear true love. Um, when you're so busy in your life that there's never any silence, uh, you're not going to be able to hear God. In the story of Elijah in 1 Kings 19, um, what, what happens is, is that God stops him and, and, and when he has kind of arrested him, he just simply, he, he, he wakes him up and feeds him. Elijah, you've stopped long enough to to hear my voice in surprising ways. And that's what the story of the wind and the earthquake and the fire is all about. God wasn't in any of those big expected ways. He was in the still, small voice. You want to hear God. And some of you, this is going to trip you up because you're never going to stop long enough. You're so busy so that you're not going to feel what you feel. Uh, You're so busy or you're so caught in sin that you won't stop and listen to infinite love. Jesus, if if you say, well, I, I just can't hear God, Jesus, All right, if you, well, I can't hear God's will, Jesus, okay? So stop saying you can't hear God's will, Jesus. He is the word that has been spoken to you. You you can hear. Secondly, um, to be courageously confident in the reality of God, trusting what God says. It's not enough to know what God says. And really, it's not even enough to do what God says reluctantly like I too often do. You have to be courageously confident in the reality of, of, of God. And this is Paul as he talks about um, all the times that he's faced death. It's honestly like somebody walks up to you with a gun uh, at your head and says, I'm going to kill you. And you say, whatever. I'm going to live forever. I'm not saying I'm not going to be a little nervous in the moment. But I am simply saying somebody comes up to you and threatens to be able to kill you. They can't. They can't. Jesus said very, very clearly that whoever believes in me will live and never die. And then he asked, do you believe this? Well, do we? Honest answer is most of the time, no. It's not, we're not confident. We're so rooted in this world and in the context of this world, we've forgotten the inspiration of our creation and our redemption and we've lost our, our courage. Inspiration requires you to be courageously confident in the reality of God. It's what the scripture says. Now, faith is confidence in the truth of what we hope for and the assurance of all the stuff that we've been told but have not seen. You just know that you know and you live your life with your eyes on that and nothing else. I want you to, your homework for this week is to read Hebrews chapter 11. Got it? I'm gonna check you at the door next week. Actually, I'm gonna be in Ethiopia next week, but, but I'm gonna catch you the week after. 
Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us live inspired lives with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Guys, it's time for you to step up and be courageously confident in the reality of the God that you know has been revealed in Jesus Christ. And don't say you don't know enough to do this. You do. And if, if you never heard anything about anything ever, and today you heard that Jesus is the Son of God, then you have enough to blast holes in the darkness of this world with an inspired life. Lastly, do what God says. Translate faith into action. There are going to be some of you struggle with stopping and listening. There are going to be some of us struggle with trusting confidently and courageously. And then there's going to be some of us who think we've heard, and man, I trust God, and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and we never. And I want to tell you that a faith that never does anything, never was anything. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Listen to that. When you and I hear the word of God, and we're all proud of what we know, but we don't put it into play. We don't live it at home. We don't let it inspire us at work. We don't become better people. We don't, we don't uh, take on the image of Jesus and reflect the image of Jesus in ways that cost us, ways that require courage and faith, ways that require us to die to ourselves so we can live to Jesus. When we stay the way we are in spite of the call of Christ, we are deceiving ourselves and lying to God. And here's the truth. You can't tell the truth to anybody else while you're lying to yourself. So stop your lying and start your living the inspired life you're called to. Do what God's told you to do. James 2.17, faith by itself, is, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Don't be proud of knowing things that you're unwilling to do. Instead, have the faith to live an inspired life. So which of these three has you stuck? Okay, I want you, that's again, that's a real question. Um, I'm not asking for a public answer, but which of these three has you stuck? This week, I want you to do homework. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, why? Why am I stuck there? For me, I don't really trust the goodness of God at some level. I didn't have an earthly father that I could ever go to or trust, so I learned to do stuff on my own. I don't really believe that God is present with me, and often I act like my job is to motivate God and get him to do his job better. Now, when you say stupid stuff like that out loud, it really sounds stupid. But when you're just feeling it and thinking it in your head, it's so right. So say your stupid stuff out loud, put it on paper, and own it. And what are you willing to change to live inspired? As the worship team comes out, I just want to close with this. Again, something that you may have heard me say. Let something in God ignite something in you to reveal something of him every single day. That's the call of God on your life. Let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that there would be a, a new rise of faith in your church, not just this church, but Father, the, the church in America, and not just the church in America, but around the world, Jesus, until you come, may faith begin to arise again, and may your people seek to hear your voice. 
and hearing your voice, God, in all the difficulties and challenges of life, may your people trust your heart and your love. And hearing your voice and trusting your love, God, may your people be inspired in new ways to take courageous action to be light in a dark and hopeless world. Father, I pray for new healing in marriages. I pray for the birth of new ministries in individuals here. God, I pray for a a thousand God ideas to to rain down on your people and, and find fertile soil in which to grow and produce a crop 30, 60, 100 fold. God, may you help every single person here to accept Jesus as the light of the world and to live his love themselves being the light of the world. Father, in these next few moments, may there be humility and repentance. May there be turning and returning. May there be new beginnings made today that that echo for all of eternity. In Jesus, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, Love well, live Jesus, and believe big.